You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB, and he's been on fire lately with his <laughs> tweets, so make sure you are following him. Landon, welcome to the show. How, you, how have you been? I have clearly been bored. I mean, I, I've been tweeting, uh, you know, my, my <laughs> full disclosure, my wife and my child are out of town. They're actually in Dallas visiting a family, and I am actually kind of sick, so I spent the whole weekend basically in bed watching, like, comfort 80s movies. And, uh, yeah, I, I I feel like I tweeted a whole lot about it. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, because there's like just no football to talk except for right here, uh, then uh, you definitely check out my timeline for some uh, some hot takes about the thing. Yeah, I, I got a little nervous when you started watching Mortal Kombat because that movie is so oh, it's, bad. It's, it's, and you it's, using... it's, it's the worst kind of bad. It's, it's just it's a delight to watch. It's so terrible. It's... <laughs> Uh, at least the songs are great, and the theme music oh is amazing. God. All right, uh, we <laughs> uh, coming up on today's show. We review the Cowboys 2011 draft. Uh, we take a look back at every single one of their selections, uh, their free agent signings, uh, some of our thoughts heading into that draft, and much, much more. Uh, let's let me go ahead and start off by saying that this is one of the best drafts in recent memory, uh, in terms of just overall talent. Uh, you look at you know the first round of players, and man, there is a lot of guys who are still uh, performing at a high level. Uh, just to, to to further my point a little bit more, the first seven picks of this draft have all made the Pro Bowl uh, at one point in time in their career. I don't know if there's ever been another draft where you can say that. Um, some of the best players in the league have come from this 2011 draft. Uh, it, very very impressive. Uh, if you don't remember, the Cowboys held the ninth selection in the 2011 draft, uh, in part due to their dis- disastrous season in 2010. Uh, that was the year where Tony Romo broke his collarbone. The Cowboys got off to, I think it was a 1-6 start. Uh, Wade Phillips was fired, and Jason Garrett took over as the head coach. So let's go ahead and talk about our mindset entering that draft. Who were some of the players that you were interested in? What were your thoughts about the team and the direction you were thinking they might go? Well, well, Tyron Smith was definitely, I mean, my my number one target because I, I it really felt like F. And, and you and I, I think we discussed this too. Like you know, after the end of the 2010 season, it, it was abundantly clear that uh, offensive line was uh, it was needing to be completely redone, um, and and that the yep. the you know what used to be uh, a talent and the strength of the team. It, it, it grew to becoming, uh, you know, a, a middling part of the team, and then uh, I think the worm had really kind of turned uh, by last year, by 2010, when you know the offensive line had actually uh, become a crutch, you know, for for the offense at that point. So um, I think it, the the thought process was that you know obviously we gotta uh, uh, go get an offensive lineman. Uh, we gotta start this rebuild of this offensive line. It's gonna take a lot of draft capital. It's gonna take a lot of time. Uh, and they just, you know, they kind of fortuitously happened upon a, a guy who uh, is was worthy of the pick 
at at nine and uh, uh, play the position uh, that they needed. All right, let's kind of talk about that 2010 team for a second. Do you remember their starting offensive line for that season? Do you remember who started the year at left uh, tackle? Yeah, it was Doug Free in 2011. Yeah. It was Doug Free. Do you remember who started was, at right uh, tackle? Tyron Smith. Are you talking about no, the 2011 or 2010? Oh, that was uh, Mark Colombo, right? 2010. No, it was actually Alex Barron. Oh, you remember that's the game right. that Alex Barron lost? Lost uh, him the, the game against right. the Redskins. He was Chaz Green before was, Chaz Green was, was Chaz part- Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty ugly uh, team. But they had Barron was. Uh, I remember Robert Brewster Barron was worse though. Chaz, I've seen Chaz Green play good football before. Alex oh, Barron, I don't know that that's in him. But the entire the entire team was I mean, it was old and bad. Uh, I know they had Mark Colombo, who I he was pretty much washed at that point. Uh, they had Robert Brewster who played some snaps. I remember Phil Costa played a little bit uh, at Garden Center. They had Montre Holland. Kyle Kojar was at the end of his career. I mean, you you could see that the Cowboys needed to upgrade their offensive line. Um, and I'll I'll just tell a quick story real quick. I remember after that season. Uh, watching highlights of Des Bryant in 2010 and thinking, man, they got to get some offensive line to protect Romo because if they can keep Romo upright with Des at receiver, they have a chance to be really, really good in offense. So uh, let's go ahead and, and jump into that selection. With the ninth overall pick in the 2011 draft, the Cowboys selected Tyron Smith. Um, for most people, that was the easy selection. Uh, but I remember at the time, there was a lot of people who wanted different offensive linemen. I remember Gabe Karimi, the tackle from Wisconsin, was a, a, a name that a lot of people wanted. Uh, Mark Ingram, a lot of people thought, was the next Emmett Smith. Um, I really liked Nick Fairley uh, from Auburn. He was absolutely dominant um, in his last year with Auburn. Uh, 24 tackles for a loss, 11 and a half sacks. But I think the big question here was did the Cowboys get this right in the terms of uh, going with Tyron over J.J. Watt? Dallas was interested in J.J. Watt. That was really the decision that came down between was Smith and Watt. Did they make the correct selection? I think that, you know, it, it, yes, I, I think they did. Because I think, you know, it's it's easy to uh, uh, to, to kind of, you know, have – you know, to look back and, and 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 second guess what 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 you did, I think when you combine what what they needed and and what Tyron Smith has become and um, you know listen, JJ uh, Watt is a Hall of Famer. Like there's like I'm I'm a first ballot. No like nope. He's when he's healthy. You're talking about maybe the, probably the best player in football. You know. N- but that's it right there. That's that's it. He's not. Well, he I mean, hasn't that's been legit. I mean, that, that's you know, look, the, that's all criticism for you know for for his thing, right? I mean, he produces that Lawrence Taylor levels when he's on the field. But you're right. Like he's he's been off. Hasn't been on the field. And again, like I don't think he, here's here's the trap that I think people fall into with this whole thing is that they fall into the comparison. They fall into the comparison game. Like you know, trying to trying to compare Tyron Smith to sure. JJ Watt, and and that's not the way to look at this. You you really need to look at it in the context of where the team was at the time, and uh, and where the team was. You know they needed this 
offensive lineman more than they needed J.J. Watt. I, I think it, the tie goes to the need in this situation, you know? So, you know, they had they, – it's not like they, they had – you have to remember, at this point, they had pass rush. They had DeMarcus Ware. They had Anthony Spencer. They had, you know, Jay Ratliff and Hatcher were still Jay there. Ratliff. So, yep. you know, like this – to them, it, it wasn't – you know, the, the need was – much stronger, much stronger for the tackle. So, uh, I, I think when you you add all the elements into it, and and you uh, and 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 let's be clear too, this was Jason Garrett's first pick. Like, and I think that very very mm. much, Jason Garrett, like his first thing that he wanted to do when he became the head coach was he wanted to to build and establish a dominant offensive line. Um, so I, I think if, if yes. anything. Um, it's not just about those, you know, all the elements. It's also the idea that this is a statement of who Jason Garrett, the you know, the the coaching staff and the 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 Jason Garrett era of off of the Cowboys is going to be about. You know, and they made a, they made a statement pick with their ninth pick, and and you know, obviously, it seems like it's worked out pretty well. I remember at the time a lot of people were nervous about him being a right tackle at USC. Would he ever be able to switch over to playing left tackle? Uh, in his rookie year, he played right tackle and then flipped over. Uh, I don't think he's had a problem with it. So, I mean, by you know, by all accounts, this is a slam dunk pick for the Cowboys. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to their second round pick. And this is where the Cowboys start getting themselves in trouble with their second-round picks. And we're going to go through these drafts in the next couple weeks. Um, This 2011 one is kind of the start of their troubles in the second round. Uh, With the 40th pick in the 2011 class, uh, the Dallas Cowboys selected Bruce Carter, linebacker from UNC. Uh, He started 32 games for the Cowboys, played in 49 overall. Uh, I kind of forgot about this, but in his last season in Dallas, Carter had yeah. five interceptions yeah. and eight starts. Uh, what what happened to Bruce Carter? Why didn't he work out in Dallas? I, I just think that, you know, from everything that we've heard and learned about the guy, it's that I don't know that he had the desire to squeeze all the juice out of that orange. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hate to use a coaching term like that, but, you know, it's like that the, he didn't uh, – I don't know that he loved, loved football, you know? And, and he was one of these guys who was just a natural freak of nature athlete. I mean, he's, he was, he's just an incredible athlete at the linebacker position. And um, it, it, Can I add something yeah, in there real quick? He, it wasn't like he was lazy because oh, he, no, no, he, no. he set a bunch of things, a bunch of records. It was just, we're not sure how much football really meant to him. I, I think he liked working out and being in shape. I, I think he liked all of that. I think he liked playing sports and you know all that stuff. Like, I, And I think that there's a difference between loving all those things and being a football player. And, and, and not that, you know, I'm not calling him out as not tough or anything because I, you know, but I think it's just that he. You know he doesn't really he he didn't ever really have the instincts uh, very uh, very developed he he looked confused a lot of times on the field uh, I just feel like you know the all the things that make Sean Lee great Bruce Carter didn't have any of that he had all the other things I guess he had all the athletic, insane athleticism and and everything else but um, I, I I think that you know I liked when Bruce Carter was playing I mean he he would make plays for you but he but he also would make plays for them. So, you know, it's it's it, it was it was kind yeah. of hit or miss, and they, and then eventually they just had to f- really kind of you know work a role for him in order to you know kind of 
get the most out of him because he couldn't just be plugged in as a regular linebacker and play Will or Mike. I mean, he kind of ended up playing Sam at the end. So, uh, yeah. Yep. I, but he wasn't yep. exceptionally as uh, exceptional pass rush or anything. He was just like he couldn't do the other two linebacker spots. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's where we and, are with him. And I'll go ahead and add this. If you guys remember correctly, he was a guy that got hurt in his – I believe it was his junior year – at North Carolina towards ACL. The Cowboys took a chance on him anyways. I think he missed part of the season to begin uh, and then came back. Just never was able to get a hold of it. You know, he was a guy that, you know, maybe lacked a little bit of toughness. I do wonder if he would have come, you know, into the league five years later. Maybe he finds a spot as a weak side linebacker. Um, One interesting note before we move on to the next one. Uh, the Cowboys had a guy ready to go at 40 who they really, really wanted. They were all ready to select. Uh, he went off the board two picks ahead of them. Uh, they kind of panicked a little bit, and they had they selected Bruce Carter. The guy that they really wanted in the second round of that draft was Ryan Williams, the running back from Virginia Tech, who the Cowboys later uh, signed a few years down the road. In the third round... The Cowboys addressed their running back need by selecting DeMarco Murray from Oklahoma. Uh, The Cowboys drafting a running back here was obviously not a surprise to anybody. Uh, We knew they liked Ryan Williams. Marion Barber really started to decline in 2010. He averaged just 3.3 yards per carry. Uh, They released him later that summer. They wanted to find a guy to pair with Felix Jones. Uh, Felix Jones at this point in his career was fairly healthy, but they just never believed he could be the workhorse back. Uh, They loved Murray's size, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, and obviously his home run speed. He ran a 4.41 at 229 pounds, which is super impressive. Uh, So talk to us a little bit about the DeMarco Murray selection and why that fit made so much sense. To me, I remembered it more as... Like they they wanted to get Murray in here as as the kind of backup. They thought that he could come in and step in as a solid backup. Uh, and and I and I mean I I, I thought it was like it, a change of pace. That, that's that's what I remember actually. Mike Mayock talking about on NFL.com or NFL Network was he can be this Reggie Bush type of third down who? weapon. Uh, Demarco Murray. Yeah, that that's Demarco. Yeah, that's why we don't listen to that guy about the custom. <laughs> <laughs> Demarco Murray is your change right, of pace absolutely. back, huh? Uh, no, yeah. See, I mean, that's but the, uh, to his credit, first of all, I mean, Murray was never that guy in Oklahoma. I mean, he had that speed, but you know, like he's a. I mean, we know who Demarco Murray is. You know, like he's he's always been that guy. I, the difference is, is that he changed his body coming into the NFL. You know, like he he like yes, he completely yes. changed the type of. Uh, physical athlete he is once he got in the NFL. I mean, he was a little more narrow and I think f- more focused on, you, you know, he, he's never been a, a water bug. That, that's not his thing at all. Like he's, but he has speed in the way that, you know, Zeke ha- has speed, but obviously just not the same kind of speed. I mean, th- th- that 441 is, you know, it's, you know, sp- sprinter track. It's and, a little you know, deceiving. He's, it's a straight line it's- thing. And I, I again, like, uh, I, his top speed is 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 great. It's it's what you needed. But I, I've never I've have rarely seen Zeke get caught from behind. I don't know that I have seen Zeke get caught from behind. 
you would see DeMarco Murray get caught from behind in the NFL. But that, but again, that all came after he changed his body. And, and, and I'd like to focus on that because ultimately that's how he was able to get the, the most value out of his body was that, you know, he by kind of bulking up a little bit. And, and, and this is the kind of thing that Darren McFadden did at some point realizing, hey, I'm an incredible athlete. Like I'm an, a, a, a generational type athlete, but at, if I rely too much on that, as time goes by, that value isn't going to get very much return. What I should do instead is bulk up, and since I'm such a great athlete, I can retain speed with that bulk, and then learn the craft a little bit better, and that's going to extend my career. And, and and I think that's what Murray did. You know, he kind of. He he took it on himself right. to you know become more of a well-rounded back. Uh, he you know he followed uh, uh, Witten around like a like a you know ch- a school kid, and uh, and you know basically just tr- transformed his body into a, a more physical player, uh, and 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 you know did, was able to do so without losing too much of that athleticism, uh, and and it, and you know once he got behind a a. a uh, a line that was well built, uh, and it took him a couple, a little bit, but but I mean immediately we saw good things from Demarco Murray. Um, you know he he really started to figure it out, and I think uh, you know it was a it was a obviously an, a, an incredible marriage for that team. Uh, in I was it 2014 he had the, the uh, yeah so obviously yep. this is a, a pick that for a third rounder you, you feel pretty thrilled with with what you got out of uh, Demarco Murray. Yeah, so Murray was the sixth running back drafted in the 2011 draft. Uh, the guys ahead of him, Mark Ingram, Ryan Williams, Shane Vereen, Mikel Deshore, Daniel Thomas. Uh, he actually has more rushing yards than all those guys combined. Uh, he, it's just incredible how productive he's been uh, in his NFL career. Uh, you add in total yards, and he blows away the rest of the class. He almost has more total yards than the entire 2011 running back class combined. So, Pretty impressive uh, career for DeMarco Murray. We know we only got him for four years, one year in Philadelphia and a couple in Tennessee. But when you can get an MVP candidate in the third round, um, and then I think you were able to add a fourth-round compensatory pick, uh, home run. Uh, Now, speaking of home runs, uh, their fourth-round pick, David Arkin, was not one. Uh, He was was a tackle from Missouri State, lasted just two and a half seasons in the NFL, uh, appeared in just one game for the Cowboys. Uh, He has been cut nine times in his NFL career, uh, and he is now out of the league. So what happened to David Arkin? Why did the Cowboys like him, and how did he fail in the NFL? I, I just think that you know it was too much of a learning curve, you know, and he just he was never able to build up that core strength that they thought that they could in him, and uh, and those two fatal flaws were too much for a guy that you know again, you know, was a Missouri State prospect. I mean, he didn't have a lot of pedigree to come with beyond the fact that he was shaped like an offensive lineman. <laughs> and uh, so they, they liked his feet, from what I remember. They yeah. liked his ability no, yeah, to move, I mean, but it was always that functional yeah, strength it, that he it's, never it's, had. It's the you know getting the experience and then uh, uh, getting the strength. And if you don't have the strength, you can't get the experience. So uh, yeah, I, don't, I just don't think he was able to uh, to uh, you know build up core strength to to a, to a level that was able to get him on the field consistently, especially for the Cowboys. 
All right, moving along to the Cowboys' fifth-round pick, which was Josh Thomas, a cornerback from Buffalo. Uh, you actually may remember Thomas because I believe it was two years ago the Cowboys re-signed him. Uh, he's bounced around the league a ton. He's played for six teams, uh, including Dallas twice. Didn't play last year. Nothing really spectacular about his game. Any thoughts you want to add on well, Thomas? Would be good to move on. I would like to say that I think that Josh Thomas was a good pick because I mean, I mean, they here's here's the thing with this stuff is that like especially as we get later on, like my my concern is like did did you identify a, a talented player? Uh, and they did. They uh, yes. they identified a guy who was worthy of a fifth round pick as a defensive back. He he you know maybe he didn't do enough. Well, maybe he, you know, maybe he didn't become a starter for your team or whatever. But but he gave you a bunch of snaps, and he gave another team a whole bunch of snaps too. I mean, he played. He's played in the league. You know, he's, I think he's. No, it's not like he didn't not. belong. Yeah, that, no. that's what I love about. They him. absolutely he, he identified in the league. A, an NFL player, and and he proved himself to be that. So, uh, you know, he just didn't light the world on fire. So yeah, we should move on. But again, I, I mean, I think this is a this is a win. This is a fifth round pick that played fifty two games. That's that's a good pick. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but ten spots after the Cowboys took Josh Thomas was the selection of Richard Sherman. Yeah, but I mean, but is oh, well. Richard Sherman Richard right. Sherman without Chris Richard? You know, the the fallacy of the first well, uh, the, of the uh, single. You know, it's like that. That's true. Hey, it's that's it's very true. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the Cowboys' sixth round pick, which was wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner Dwayne Harris. Uh, only three players from the sixth or the seventh round. Uh, from this draft, they've made Pro Bowls in their careers. Uh, that would be Tyrod Taylor, Jason Kelsey, and Dwayne Harris. Uh, Harris was a four-year starter on special teams for the Cowboys. He actually won them a couple di- a couple games with his special teams ability. Uh, I remember the game against Pittsburgh in 2012. Uh, he had a couple nice uh, punt returns in that one. He had a, a, a third and 18 screen that he t- caught and uh, ended up making a first down on it. So uh, a guy that pl- wore a bunch of different hats in Dallas. They even used him out of the backfield some. Uh, talk to us about Dwayne Harris, what you remember about him, and uh, what you think about this selection. Again, you gotta you got to consider where we're being selected. Dwayne Harris was a seventh-round pick. Uh, or, or wait, no, sorry, sixth-round pick. Yeah, 176. Six yeah. Round, six so, round pick, uh, yep. But even then, you know, I mean, anything really past the fifth-round pick is a complete roll of the dice, and the numbers will bear that out. If you look at, you know, it's just all preference at this point. And, Dude, yeah, he's absolutely. I mean, he, look, he was a really he, good he is, player look, for four years. One of the definitions of a football player at wide receiver, right? I mean, he would do dirty stuff. He would uh, yes. he block. He was a great blocker, like a really great blocker. They could get him out point of attack. Uh, he would he would motion across the formation and block from the wing. Um, you know, a good kick returner. Good, uh, you know, good with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, not a great traditional receiver. Not great in routes. And I think New York kind of try to put him in that and that's why they paid him all this money thinking that he could do a little bit of that too but he that that's not he just never really developed savvy as a route runner you know but he does all the other things in the game uh so so well and those guys are so valuable i mean those guys are are coaches dreams because you know that one guy can wear five different hats and you can roster him and and he can play all your special teams and 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 do all kinds of different things for you and 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 maybe even help you go short at another position because he can come in and do something for you so yeah Dwayne Harris was a fantastic pick they got a lot out of him and 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 you know then he went to go sign a contract with New York and 
uh, I ain't mad at him. I, I, I like Dwayne Harris, and, <laughs> and uh, I thought that uh, for at 176 for them to get what they got out of him, this was a good pick. Oh, it's a fantastic value. Uh, the one word that always comes to mind with I, when I think yeah. of Dwayne Harris is tough. Uh, you you could ask him to block and defensive would, ends, yeah. and he would do it with that, you know. Yeah. And, and he could do it well, and that's the, that's the thing you loved about him. I mean, you know, the Cowboys have kind of always had that type of player, uh, you know, the guy that they can bring down in running situations. We're hoping that Noah Brown can develop into someone and if you like remember, Dwayne Harris. Dwayne so, did some uh, of that know, lucky whitehead stuff early on, too. Yeah, he did, and, and he, he did it well. He was very good at he it, did. and it was it was very much in its infancy at that point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this was something that that they were doing even all the way back then. It, he just did it in a different way because he never had great speed, but he was a guy that got really low to the ground. Uh, had a very strong lower body, and he could he could break tackles pretty often. I actually remember him breaking off a Troy Polamalu tackle uh, on that on that screenplay. So, uh, a very a, a very useful player. Uh, in the seventh round, the Cowboys used one of their selections on fullback Sean Chappis from Georgia. Uh, played in just three games for Dallas in 2011. They actually cut him in favor of. Uh, Tony Fiamata, I think that's how you say his last name, right? That's that's the fullback that mm-hmm. DeMarco yeah. Murray absolutely loved. Uh, they brought they brought Chappes back after Fiamata got hurt. Uh, he's out of the league now, has been since 2014. You know, you're you're hoping to find a starting fullback. You you throw a seventh round pick. It doesn't work out. Uh, it's okay. Any any nope, quick thoughts on Chappes? No, that's the seventh round picks are for trying to get a fullback. <laughs> okay. Uh, and their last pick was a guard by the name of Bill Nagy. Uh, started four games for Dallas. I actually remember him was, playing did, fairly yeah. well uh, in the the game in 2011 against Ndamukong Sue. Uh, I, I think he bounced around the league a little bit after Dallas released him. But hey, you got you got a starter in the seventh round, even for you know a quarter of a season. Uh, that's a guy that obviously belonged in the league. It, it's fine. Any I, I like Nagy. I mean, uh, for a seventh, I mean, this this dude was picked two fifty two. Uh, you know, like for for pick two fifty two, <laughs> like uh, yeah, we got we got good use out of him, and, and I thought, uh, and he, I thought he was going to even be a little bit better than he and he was, and but uh, he hit his uh, he hit his ceiling pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah, you you look at like the rest of that seventh round, and he's probably by far the best player out of all those seventh round picks. So, uh, not saying much, but hey, you identified an NFL player, guys. If you're like me, your schedule is packed with meetings, deadlines, and projects. It never leaves enough time to take care of ourselves. Uh, not enough sleep, not enough healthy diet, too much soda, whatever it is, you name it, life gets in the way. I'm excited to announce that we've partnered with a company called FNX, one of the fastest growing companies in the fitness and health space. Their products are clean and they get the job done. Check this out. They recently unveiled their new Dad Bod Bundle, which is basically a monthly fountain of youth, a sleep aid, curl oil, and a testosterone boost to make you feel like you're back in your 20s. Every product from FNX is legit. Personally, I've started drinking their AM protein mix with their greens every morning. It tastes great, uh, and you notice the difference immediately. You sleep better. You wake up better. uh, You you don't feel groggy in the morning. Uh, It's absolutely perfect. For our listeners only, go to FNXFit.com. Use offer code LOCKEDONFNX. That's LOCKEDONFNX at the checkout and get a 10% discount on all products fnxfit.com offer code locked on fnx 
That's FNX, live in victory every day. Uh, the last thing I want to touch on are the Cowboys undrafted free agents. And my goodness, whoever was in charge of scouting special teams players that year, congratulations. The Cowboys, after the draft, signed Dan Bailey, Chris Jones, and Kai Forbath. All three guys have been really good players in the NFL. Uh, I mean, just an outstanding, outstanding undrafted free agent haul. Uh, any any thoughts on those three guys as as a, as a combo? The thing that shocked me is that Chris Jones has been in the league as long as Dan Bailey. Like, I... That's yeah, weird, that weird, man. I, like I didn't know odd. that at all. So yeah, uh, that's that. That's I mean, what what is there to say? I mean, you you got a guy who, until he got hurt last year, was the most accurate kicker of in NFL history. Uh, a guy who I think is this year gonna make uh, his move towards uh, the best punter in the NFL. Uh, and then you got another guy who is, uh, uh, you know, a working kicker still. So, eighty-six percent yeah. career field goal so, percentage. Yeah, for pretty good. I mean, th- that's incredible. All right, let's go ahead and grade the twenty eleven draft for the Cowboys from A to F. Landon, I will let you go first. What do you give the Cowboys grade? Uh, I. Th- I mean, I hate to keep doing this, but it's an A, right? Like, I mean, I think it's I, my. The, I think this I, is I no thought brainer. initially yeah, it was you're a B, right, you're right. because I mean, not getting, you know, Bruce Carter gave you something at least, like you know, like you got something out of Bruce Carter. Uh, Arkin, <coughs> Arkin's not the Arkin wasn't the worst, but but when you, I mean, when you add in like how. Josh Thomas was a good selection. You got great value out of Dwayne Harris. Bill Nagy gave you something. I, I, I would say I'm probably going to say a B plus. I, I don't I don't know you know that's I think that's All where right. I would go because I, I my initial thought was B. The more we talked about it, I leaned more towards A. So I'll say B plus. Uh, I'm going A plus, and here's why: you wow. got you know an All Pro left. Oh yeah, you know Tyron what? Smith. And you, 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 got... you talk about the kicker and the punter too. Yeah, you're right. It's an A. It's yeah, an absolutely. A. Absolutely, you're right because you're you're including it, those. It, it's it, it's Tyron, an All Pro at left tackle. You had Demarco Murray at his absolute peak, who was an All Pro in 2014, and you got four really useful years out of that. You got a Pro Bowl kick and punt returner in Dwayne Harris. You got a Pro Bowl kick, uh, a Pro Bowl kicker in Dan Bailey, and a Pro Bowl punter in Chris Jones. And then you got a, a lot of useful snaps out of, uh, you know, Josh Thomas and Bruce Carter and Bill Nagy. Uh, yeah, th- this is an A plus. This is back to back years. The Cowboys have absolutely crushed it. Crushed it in 2010 and 2011, and it really helped them start to rebuild this roster. Uh, into being a contender. Now, you didn't see the results right away, but by 2014, 2016, these drafts really, really started to pay dividends for the team. So any final thoughts on the 2011 draft? uh, Well, I mean, just to kind of piggyback and and bring it around full circle to what you said uh, at the top of the show, uh, this was such an amazing draft. I mean, the, 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 the talent in this draft, not just for the Cowboys, I mean, overall, the 2011 draft is one of the greatest draft classes of all time. I think that's that's pretty hard to argue. Yeah, l- let me go ahead and read that really Please. quickly yeah, because I, it, I forgot do to do that at the beginning. Uh, the first pick was Cam Newton, followed by Von Miller, Marcel Darius, A.J. Green, Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, 
Alden Smith. That was your top seven. Uh, then it was Jake Locker, and then Tyron Smith. Blaine Gabbert, and then J.J. Watt. Christian Ponder, Nick Fairley, Robert Quinn, Mark or Mike Pouncey, Ryan Kerrigan, Nate Solder, Corey Legit, Prince of Mukamara, Adrian Claiborne, Phil Taylor, Anthony Costanzo, Danny Watkins, Cameron Jordan. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, there's just Pro Bowl players galore in this first round. I even mentioned guys like Jimmy Smith, uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, Cameron Hayward. Just an absolutely incredible the, draft. The top half of of the of the first round is is unbelievable. It's just unbelievable how much talent is there. It was incredible, incredible draft. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Remember, a new Twitter handle, at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. 